low humidity, dry air flowing through. It's going to be a gradual drop off the humidity, and you'll notice the difference, especially tonight and early in the morning tomorrow. 70-ish, your upper 60s. Warming up, though, under sunshine, but still not bad with the lower humidity. The highs tomorrow going into the middle 80s. Nice feel again for the mornings, Friday and Saturday near 70 or upper 60s. Friday, sunshine, upper 80s. Saturday near 90 with a partly to mostly sunny sky. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Think about everything that you save. You save gas. You save money. You save time. But have you ever thought about saving life? That's right, life. In just one hour, you could save up to three lives, giving three people more time with the ones they love. And isn't that the best thing to save? The need for blood is as universal as it is constant. Save life. Give blood. This is the up and down later shape tomorrow uh, here at the food show. And what we've done is we've stepped in without checking it with anybody and we got no approvals. And I couldn't think of a reason oh, no. not to. We got no so approvals? Here we are. No, oh, no. Just one approval no approvals? for you. And no, no approvals? Uh, we'll have to get a new My bag. My heart of is them. broken. Uh, it's the Fitzmorris is here on WGSO, the food show continuing into its 32nd year. 32nd yes. year? Yes. 5569696. If you would like to talk to us, Tom and Marianne Fitzmorris, we do not have a guest today at all. No. Nope. Um, I'm just kind of experimenting with things. Just oh, why experimenting. Not? See how things go. What's the best course of action? We're only in the sixth week of the show and I'm just observing things mm -hmm. so uh, but I do want to mention this that we are putting together a little quiz a quiz yes one of our advertisers Something cousin salad dressing yeah. cousin salad dressing wants very much to give away a case of Creole tomatoes a case of and Creole a case tomatoes. of Creole tomato salad ah. dressing Where'd you get the, to all someone. of that? From the good sources? Yeah, from Allie Cousins herself. Oh, so we're going to, as of next week, we're going to start doing a, uh, a quiz. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to do it. We might do a quiz, or we might just say, if you are the most interesting caller that we've had this week. Interesting callers? A competition among callers. The most interesting caller that we have had this week. Uh, we are going to give you a Creole tomato uh, case of the fresh tomatoes and a case of the Creole tomato dressing at Cousins. Here's the rub, though. Oh, what? Because of COVID, you will have to pick it up on the North Shore. Oh. But that's a reason to visit the North Shore if you haven't done that. It's very nice over here. No, it so isn't we will. Either. There are some who would say it's the other way around. Well, I don't I'm know. Not, we're not going there. Yeah. Exactly. Tom, today is national or international suckling goat day. Suckling goat day. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's what your almanac has. It's international suckling goat day. I can uh, get into this because uh, about oh, 10, you know, two miles or something uh, where I live on the North Shore, there used to be a little goat farm. Yes. And uh, well, we never saw them suckling, though. 
We didn't, but I, no. I know what they got did. Them. We know they did because they grew up. Yeah, you could see them on the bus <laughs> as you went by. And Tom, when were you ever on the bus? Huh? When were you ever on the bus? Was this like a scout thing or something? Uh, wait, you're talking about the little barracks? The there? little, the yeah. little suckling goats. We never saw them suckling. You know oh, there no, are goats. They, you know there they, are goats on 36 right now. There are goats on 36, and those are suckling all the time apparently because they keep reproducing, and there are lots of them. There are also goats at Chimes, where I had lunch. They have a new crawfish. Wait, what is it? It's 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 the cheese fries without the cheddar cheese. It's like a creamy crawfish sauce with fried crawfish in it. I have to admit it was pretty good. Mm. Yeah. Sounds great. Uh, it was definitely not diet worthy, but it was very good. Anyway, today, Tom, is at International Suckling Goat Day. In the Spanish-speaking world, Cabrito. Cabrito, there In we are. In Italy, Capretto. In both countries and many other parts of the world. How do you like that little accent? Cabretto. Cabrito. Cabretto and Caprito. <laughs> they, they serve them in all of those I say restaurants, cabrito, at least. They hide it in the cabretto. back of the... Cabretto. 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 Yeah. yeah. Anyway, in both countries and many other parts of the world, baby goat is eaten as commonly and avidly as we eat lamb or veal. Well, in my case, that would be about the same because I don't really eat any of those things. It is not caught on in America much outside of ethnic restaurants. <sighs> Who has cabrito? I've seen it. Are you saying, is this he's telling us that we have color? From the line. Yes. Okay. That's what I heard. Yes. Who is that? Ron, probably? Is it Ron? Probably so. Yeah. That's what he's teaching. Good afternoon. Okay. It's Ron, the gourmet first caller. <laughs> well, that proves that. Ron has promoted himself to now the gourmet first caller. Okay. So, Ron, let's take a let's take a um, a stock of what you are. You are Ron, the gourmet waiter. Ron, the gourmet. Um, Internet web designer. You are Ron the Gourmet Internet on date. You are Ron the Gourmet first caller. Now, did we leave anything out? Well, we haven't uh, gotten iron to work, it yet. Ironwork welder. Ironwork welder. You are also Ron the King of the Barbecue Throwdown. Yeah, and I we're just gave find you that out one. Sunday. We're going to find I out just, Sunday because I'm doing about twenty-five to thirty pounds of pulled pork. I was going yes, to go right into it. I, 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 I called yesterday at the last moment. Uh, you had a caller ahead of me. You were so into the tea, and I don't blame you because that was a great show and a great guest, that I figured I'd call back today to talk about port because I didn't think we got to it. Port. Port wine. Uh, Did you say port? Oh, port, port, port. No, port we wine. didn't get to it. Yes. Okay. Um, go ahead. Port is, port is fortified with brandy, Okay. And what they do is when they begin to make the port wine, they use the grapes, they use the water, they use the uh, yeast. And before the yeast can activate and eat up all the sugar, that's when they put the alcohol in. <clears throat> Excuse me. The whole idea is to stop the fermentation in its tracks by adding a lot of alcohol, okay? And then that way you can age the port for long periods of time. Who is the primary port drinker? Men. Um, generally, true. someone in Portugal, because no that's where it came from. Yeah, and uh, that, that's too bad because in Portugal, they're having a problem getting enough people to work there. Uh, in particular, uh, people who came from, uh, 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 sorry. Italy, uh, not Italy, um, Spain? No, no, it's we, the one we just started. Uh, oh, talk, 
Spain. Spain. Well, we have Spain, but we have on the uh, right Italy. there. There's another well, different language, and okay. uh, and we were just talking about it like seconds ago. Huh. Okay. Well, I thought well. it was just Italy and Spain. <laughs> I thought it was Spain okay. and Italy. Got anyway, so I've got a couple of sauce recipes for you when you're ready, and they're really easy. Mm -hmm. Yep. You mean um, ready right them, now, or let, let's hear them. Uh, I'm going to give you the recipes. Sure, Tom. Oh, you mean with okay, with made with port? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Port? Oh, good. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's very simple. Okay, one of them that I do is I do a port plum reduction, and uh, all that, that sounds, is oh, that, that does that, sound good. That's, that's got a ring port. of goodness to it. Yeah. It does. All that is is port wine and some plum sauce. Okay, mm -hmm. which you'll find in your international section reduced. That's and what do you one. serve that on, Ron? Uh, any kind of any kind of white meat or any 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 red meat. It's a great sauce. The other one, this one's kind of specific for lamb. This has been in my family for a long time. It's three ingredients in equal proportions. One of them is port wine. The other one is currant jelly. The other one is butter. Sounds good. Well, you have ingredients that are easy enough to that? come by. These must make very sweet sauces, huh? Well, no, not the, not the pork plum, because when you reduce it, you're actually cooking a lot of the sugar out. So it's not going to be that sweet. And and, and mm. the pork, uh, I, you know, is, is uh, they're, they're fantastic. They're not too sweet. It, it, I've, never, I've never really had anybody tell me that. And I've cooked both of those bunches. The pork plum reduction actually comes from Chef Ganesh Iyengar. He used to be at Sarah's Indian Restaurant Uptown, and he was one of our guests uh, about a year and a half ago on the show when I co-hosted, and he's at Silk Road now in the Marini. That's the old yes, hero. Uh -huh. yeah. mm -hmm. Anyway, Chef Ganesh Iyengar is a great chef, and he came up with that pork plum reduction, so I'm borrowing that from him today. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's cute. Um, okay, so I think that first one, the port with the, uh, not the currant, but the plum, sounds like it would be good on a duck dish. Now yeah, there's something. Port wine, port well, wine a with few. a little bit. Go ahead. We've had a few restaurants around town in the last few years that are doing port-based, uh, just various kinds of uh, sauces. The, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. And uh, that's that's kind of unusual. It's uh, not what I would have. Expected. It sounds like it's something that would lend itself to that. It sounds yeah, like it a. Does. Uh, so, it sounds, frankly, something that would lend itself more to a sauce than just pouring it in a glass and drinking it. My apologies to all port aficionados out there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I Well, one of the so. things that I do is I do a takeoff on uh, Chef Scott Craig's rib recipe. Oh, yeah. Uh, I he believe he has a blueberry and uh, jalapeno yeah. sauce. Mm -hmm. So what I'll do is I'll actually do something similar to that. Uh, I'll do blueberries. I'll smash them up really good with a mortar and pestle. I'll put a little bit of port in there and uh, kind of reduce that down. And I'll just put, you know, fruit juice or really anything I've got into it. The, the port and the fruit are the primary flavors. Yeah. Well, it sounds to me like that sauce is ripe for some of that pepper mash we talked about on Friday. Did you sure. like it? I haven't tried it yet, but I'm going to have to go get some of that. All right, Ron, we got to uh, go to a break. So did you want to hang on or you want to just come back? Tomorrow? Sure, I'll hang on for a moment. Why not? Sure. Okay. All right, we will take uh, a break. And if you would like to talk to us, 5569696. We're just uh, shooting the breeze here today. You're listening to WGSO. We'll mm -hmm. be back.
Tito's Ceviche and Pisco Bar is a great little place on Magazine Street, serving cuisine not much seen in New Orleans. Peruvian food and Pisco, the national drink of Peru, with six different kinds of ceviche made from only local seafood and Pisco. You'll also find more familiar things like beef tenderloin tips and duck confit. Tito's Ceviche and Pisco Bar, 5015 Magazine Street, 267-7612. Parish Coffee is a small batch, handcrafted blend of carefully selected Central and South American beans, skillfully roasted to produce a coffee that is aromatic when you open the bag, robust when it's brewed, and very smooth and mellow when you drink it. This is a coffee that will take you through the day, a gourmet roast without the gourmet price. Pick up a bag where you shop or go to parishcoffee.com and see the full line. Parish Coffee. Hashtag wake up to parish. Casa Garcia is tucked into a shopping center where Metairie turns to Kenner. Octavio Garcia has been welcoming people in to enjoy the flavors of his homeland since 1984. Try the seafood sampler, seafood nachos, or a 14-ounce grilled pork chop. Octavio's mother, Sarita's tamales, are on the menu, but I'll stick to her delicious flan. Casa Garcia, 8814 Veterans Boulevard, Metairie, 4640854. All right, we are back, and I want to mention that we have been directing people to the website for Parish, but we have neglected to mention that uh, it is in all the stores around town. If it does not, ask for it. You can easily spot it. It's a bright purple bag with a yellow rooster on it, hence the hashtag wake up to parish. All right, let's oh, go back to Is that what that is? Pa- parish, this is that new bottle. Yeah, the little new, purple uh, bag. Yeah, I've got that. That's a good looking uh, it is. cover. It, it's a good looking cover. It stands out, it gets your attention, and the coffee inside is really good. I mean, I am not a coffee drinker, full disclosure, but I have heard from my coffee drinking fiend friends that it's a really delicious coffee. Anyway, to Ron, who's here. Ron, it's, you always have a lot on your mind, so I just wanted to give you the opportunity to empty it before you go. Um, Ron, it's you not possible. There? It's not possible to empty it completely because we're always working on the go, as you know. So um, anyway, I'm going to focus on your oh, green oh, oh. egg outside, okay, because we were talking about sauces. And I know you've got a green egg over at the Cool Water Ranch. We do. There's a guy who wrote something called the Barbecue Bible, and his name is Steve Reichlin. Okay, he's got a new book. It's called Barbecue Sauces, Rubs, and Marinades, and there are over two hundred. Sounds like certain people would love that. Anyway, anybody want to get into sauces? I have the book. I'm looking at it actually. Anyway, anybody that kind of wants to get into sauces, this is a good book because it shows you how to make barbecue sauces. But also, if you look at some of the ingredients that he uses, you'll probably get some ideas on your own. Mm-hmm. That's true. I'm sure you always do. Um, not you. I mean, anybody, if you read things, you do get ideas on your own. But, Tom, you have the first rule of barbecue sauce that was given to you by Harold way back in the day. Kill it. Kill it. That's right. <laughs> Kill it. And you have killed many, many a barbecue sauce in your time. And we used to do the brisket for the school. You would make that barbecue sauce for days. We sure did. There wasn't I mean, a barbecue no sauce that we served that wasn't kilt. Pretty kilt. good. Yeah, Pretty or, good. Or kill it. One or the other. <laughs> All right, Ron, we are officially letting awesome. you go now. Thank you for Have calling as always. Thank you. Take care. 
556-9696 if you would like to chat with us. That's all we're doing today. Is it going no to be an interview. Day? It's just you and us. What? Is it going to be an afternoon, evening uh, to chat? I hope so. Walking around and... I hope so. It's going to be a nice evening to chat. We are chatting about things in the almanac. We have our vintage and uh, whatever you have to say. So back to the international suckling pig, Cabrito. Mm -hmm. Capretto. <laughs> I don't even know if I said Cabrera. that right. Uh -oh. Anyway, uh, nobody wants to think about the reason for the English name for baby goats. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to think about it. Note <laughs> to chefs looking for something different to cook so they can claim to be in the avant-garde. See what you can do with goat meat. It's not lighter. It's it's lighter in flavor than lamb. More flavorful flavorful than veal. Not gamey and potentially very delicious among the four or five best meals of my life. This is Tom saying this. Include one that I had at a wine. Friuli, Italy, oh, that featured that. braised okay. capretto, as is typical in that part of the world. The only sauce was a light natural jus. I can't explain how it was as delicious as it was, but I'll never forget it. Is that true, Tom? Yeah, sure. I do everything I want to, uh, for you to have it. Was that the first time you had capretto? Capretto. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> we, we describe it in the in our, yeah, in the almanac. But but was almanac. that the was mm. that time in Friuli? Because that was 1988. That that's right before I came on the scene, and I know for a fact it was 1988. So was that the first time you had it? Uh, no, oh no. Uh, it was uh, it was an injury. Uh, in, in I doubt that it hit New Orleans before then. Uh, well, you know, we have you if you have Italians and you have uh, Greeks and people of that mm -hmm. with that on their minds. Uh, you're going to see the stuff pretty often because all of those people uh, love such Roasted things. Roasted goat. You know, they so, probably had a lot of them at the uh, at the Greek festival. That's probably where you had I it. know they do because yeah. they actually have whole roasts oh, of uh, no, those. Oh, no, no, no. Because goats are not fatty, the meat has to be cooked in a way that keeps it tender. That means cooking different parts different ways. Oh, wow, that's a lot of trouble. And, uh, it's not easy. Yeah, the loin and the ribs can be roasted or barbecued. Other parts need low, slow, mo moist cooking. Like rabbit, goat meat sta starts out tender. Then, to turn my page here, toughens up during rapid cooking, so it has to be handled with care by those of us not accustomed to eating it. If you've ever encountered goat anywhere, try it. It's not strong or goaty. <laughs> I like that word, goaty. Or uh, either flavor or aroma and very enjoyable. Maybe a goat cheese salad as a first course. We don't find much goat on local menus. That's still true. The Mexican restaurants seem to be afraid of it, although some of them have offered it in the past. Chef Andre often has it at his restaurant. The Indian restaurants keep it on the menu all the time. But it's sometimes served with a lot of uh, bone attaches. Ugh. Some of them misidentify as mutton, which adds less than nothing to the appeal. Yes, mutton is an older, it's a sheep. Mutton is sheep. Yeah. Many websites are reporting that today. Oh, okay. Let's move along past the National Suckling Goat Day. So we have, when we pass going to the Coolwater Ranch, there's a highway that we're on, and we pass. It used to be these goats that became the Bot and Nola. 
snowball stand. I mean, not the goats, but <laughs> the goats used to roam where the Batanola stand is behind a fence. It really was there. And so now, I don't know if you notice this, Tom, but they're on another highway, a different highway, and there are a bunch of goats at different intervals of um, of maturity. Really? They have the little babies, which are so cute. They're like a foot long. And then they have the medium ones, and then they have the larger ones. But they have in this in this yard where they are and they often get out but they're in this yard and they put like <laughs> they put like this little kids playstation in there and I'm trying to figure out why you would do that apparently the goats like it I don't I have to keep observing this a little bit more they really do though it's it's very strange <laughs> I, I've seen that uh, more than a couple of times do we have a caller I think did he say we have a caller I, I, no, we do not. Okay. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. If you would like to chat with us, we are into our blathering stage and just talking about nothing much at all, as long as it has something to do with food. Your deaf dining rule number two, no, 726, Tom, any restaurant with any goat meat on its menu will be adventuresome about everything else and better than a comparable restaurant without goat meat. You still really rarely see it. Very rarely see it. I mean, it's not something I would look for, but you do. I mean, I, I maybe I should start looking for it. Maybe it's on more menus than I think it is, but I don't, I don't really think it is. Well, that's the world. Yeah. Anyway, today in uh, 1939, King George VI of England and Queen Elizabeth, the mother of the present queen, visited the United States. President Franklin Roosevelt served the royal guests hot dogs. Mm. They had never tried those and wanted to. I'm, I'm glad we're back to our <laughs> analysis of, of hot dogs again, <laughs> so we can keep we right up talked, with the. We haven't talked about hot dogs at all, Tom. By the way, when we, have we talked about hot dogs? I heard that you guys went over to the. Uh, oh, what do they call the that? chimes? The, the chimes. Today. Yeah, I went to the chimes. We uh -huh. for a while there. But I didn't my have a hot game. dog or a hamburger. No? I didn't have either one. No, I had a business meeting at the chimes. Believe oh. it or not. Yeah. And we ordered a new thing on the menu, which was cheese fries in some creamy. So I haven't been to the chimes in forever because I'm really kind of over the chimes. But um, I was glad to go again today. But you know what I've decided about? It's it's just now, tell us. everything just looks so different now. It's just it, it's it's like depressing. What? What, what, are you, what are you talking about? Depressing to me to uh, go. I mean, people making funny faces and things like that. No, no what, what is it? But in restaurants now, there are signs all over the place. The, uh, the all the wait staff is wearing masks, and um, a lot of the tables are empty, and they're using tables for storage. And it just it just reminds me of a happier time and what we've lost. You know, and we that talk makes about that uh, off and on, and most of the time on uh, that. Uh, here we are. Here's how horrible things can be, and and are. I, you know, I keep uh, bouncing back. I can't help but thinking that the whole restaurant deliciousness and everything else that we uh, have We're always, accustomed to, yeah. Uh -huh. it's, uh, it's just a matter of waiting, and I don't think it's all that all that long of waiting. Or wait, yeah. Okay, well, I hope you're uh, right. I'm, I'm, I hope, I hope I'm right, right. Too. I mean, I think we're in phase two right now, but I don't really, we don't want to really talk about that. It's just like, that's just my report. That's my overriding sentiment and uh, and it's not, you know, it makes me sad. I mean, it doesn't mean that we're not eating out. We are picking up food. We have a big pickup order coming today. But the uh, the experience has changed a lot. There's just no two ways about it. Although we did have a really great meal at Annadelle's. 
oh, about a week and a half ago. Everybody's and there was, talking about that. And there was not that feeling, that depressing sort of feeling. I did not have that there. So, it was so nice. So uh, that made me feel a little bit better. Anyway, uh, Tom, mm. I have some very bad news for you. Oh, oh, what is it? Well, I mean, it's not it's not true today, but you know, this is something that if it did happen would be traumatic for yeah. you. Mm -hmm. Today, in 1947, after five years beginning in wartime, oh, actually, this is good news, Tom. Yeah. Sugar rationing ended in the United States. Ah. Can you can you About imagine, time. Tom, how your life would change if sugar was rationed? Tom eats a lot of sugar. Yeah. Tom eats sugar on everything. <laughs> Tom doesn't even know when he's eating sugar anymore. Later it's all on today, sugar. We're going to read and discover what exactly is right about Tom. <laughs> and maybe even the opposite. Didn't thing. I tell you had a wonderful voice today? I said that. I did. I told you had a wonderful voice when you were doing production. That's absolutely true. Who said that? Five <laughs> we need that webcam. Me, I said it. Five five six nine six nine six. If you would like to chat with us, we have no guests today, no long interviews. Yesterday was all interviews. We have to strike some sort of balance. I that that I I have to figure out what that balance is. The show is still new. I mean, it's been thirty one and, and almost thirty two years, but this uh, rebooting of it is is only six weeks old. What? What? Uh, uh, what were we going to? You were going to say something. Uh, yeah, it was something, but now you've slipped away. Okay. It's, uh, it'll come back in a minute. Okay. Well, we don't have a lot of time anyway. We're yeah. going to go to the bottom of the hour news and get back into your almanac. Uh, today might be a good day to talk about all the vintage Toms that we haven't gotten to Ooh, over the week. There's plenty of them floating around. No, there are a lot of them, and we never seem to get to them. So today we'll have some extra time. Maybe we will do that. We are uh, heading up to the bottom of the hour news at 2.30 here. You're going to be listening to the Louisiana Public, Louisiana Radio Network at uh, the bottom of the hour. And give us a call after that. We'll be back. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorrington. Governor Edwards says Memorial Day weekend did not result in a significant increase in the transmission of COVID-19. Edwards has a few thoughts as to why. His first theory was that the holiday is usually celebrated outdoors and the weather was great. He then pointed to polling suggesting that most Louisianans have begun practicing a key public safety measure. I was encouraged today by a new LSU survey showing that 62% say that they either always or very often wear face coverings when outside the home. That's an increase from April when only 48% gave that same answer. That poll also showed 76% of respondents agreed that wearing a mask is the responsible thing to do. I'm Matt Doyle. Oshner Baton Rouge recently celebrated 250 hours passing without a COVID-19 positive patient on a ventilator. A statement released from the hospital notes that while they are still treating a handful of cases at the medical facility in Baton Rouge, the severity of cases is currently not as critical as the previous wave. Louisiana Radio Network.com. This is Secretary of State Kyle Ardwin. The COVID-19 pandemic has changed many aspects of our normal lives, including how we do elections. On July 11th, Louisiana will hold its presidential preference primary. Early voting will run from June 20th through the 4th of July. To learn more about the changes we've made to ensure a safe voting experience, download the free GoVote app or visit GoVote.com for more information. That's G-E-A-U-X, vote. <laughs> 
Insurance Commissioner Jim Donnellan. There are times you don't realize how much you need something until you really need it. Because you never know when severe weather will happen, you want to make sure you're prepared. That's why it's so important to make a home inventory list. A simple video inventory helps you keep track of items in your home and makes filing an insurance claim a lot easier. Start your list now so when you need it, you'll have it. Log on to ldi.la.gov or call us at 800-259-5300. Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180 with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now, this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's, 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010. So, Tom. Yeah? If you don't want to talk about hot dogs... What do you want to talk about? Not that hot dogs are the only thing to talk about, but you said two days ago when I was mm-hmm. talking about stuff in the Almanac, you said you want to talk about gourmet food. So what kind of gourmet food do you want to talk about? Oh, gosh, we could uh, cover an entire range of them. This well, let's hear it. Always, Throw one out. Uh, well, just a big one that uh, comes to my mind uh, just right now. I was looking uh, uh, at the page of something. I forget what it was about. But... It was uh, Andreas, not Andreas, excuse me. It was the uh, uh, Mr. Joe. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. Impostadas, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, figuring all of that out. And I wouldn't call that people, gourmet food. I'd call it just delicious food. It really is. It really is there. But I, but I haven't been there in many months. I mean, like maybe a year or so. I've been, we've been yeah. so busy with this that yeah. it just uh, keeps. Oh, so you just wanted to go there. Okay, yeah, it's fine. on my mind. You know, it's. Uh, okay. We can put that on the list. We'll go this weekend, maybe. I had a roast beef <laughs> poor boy yesterday mm-hmm. with the... Uh, at, at Chef Ron's? At who? Chef Ron's. Oh, yeah, you had yeah. the leftover of Chef Ron's. Yeah. Terrific. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's good. The roast beef oh, Wait, was... wait. These are not gourmet items, Tom. Yes, they are. No, they're not. No, they are. These are basic things. Now, you can have a delicious version of something and a not delicious version of something, but gourmet, if I do say so myself, see the picture of that of that um, Creole tomato stack with the crisps. That was pretty gourmet. I mean, it was gourmet for me anyway. But, um, was it good? Yeah, it was good. We made the mozzarella crisps and made a stack. This is in nomenu.com a few days ago. It, it was a stack. It was, like a, it was like a caprese, but sort of a reconstructed uh, caprese. It was, it was crisps of mozzarella stacked with a Creole tomato slice and then a uh, like a purple onion, not a Vidalia, because usually you see those too. Some basil and then we had like several of those stacked up into a tall tower and then it had balsamic vinegar and olive oil drizzled on it. That was pretty gourmet. I think of gourmet, I think, I think foie gras. That's a good thing to think about. Why not? You know, we were uh, watching a Frasier episode and yeah, it was about funny. caviar. It's yeah, about caviar yeah. and pounds of, of beluga caviar and how delicious that is. I mean, you would say that, but but not me. But anyway, that's that's gourmet. I mean I know a hot dog is not gourmet, 
there is a roast beef poor boy. I mean, you can have a wonderful version of those, well, you know, but they're they, not really good. If gourmet. you bring a roast beef pork boy to me and put it down, and the ingredients are all first class, and yeah. the flavors and uh, uh, the accoutrement that come next yeah. to it to make sure it's not pickles, uh, pickles, and pickles, more pickles, yeah, yeah. all of that. Uh -huh. uh, when you have all of that, you haven't had to bring a foie gras or anything. You have a Something. gourmet meal, okay. but you haven't had to do anything really outrageously. Uh, expensive or okay so Tom I'm gonna pose yeah. this question to you before pose. God and everyone all right I'm going to put two plates in front of you yeah. one is going to be the premium top of the line here's where the truth comes out folks yeah. premium top of the line yeah top of premium the line. top of the line premium roast beef the line. poor boy yeah done the way you like it dressed with extra pickles yep That's your mayo basic. mayo little light gravy yeah put back into the oven for a little toasting on the top mm -hmm. the pinnacle tom of the roast beef poor boy and i am going to put that alongside a uh a seared slab of foie gras with some compote next to it okay okay you can only eat one of these what mm -hmm. is it going to be um here comes the truth here is uh let's see i think i'll have there's a duck dish that uh, speaking of somebody said andreas and so it's on my mind uh and he's got one that has a, a duck done three different ways, all of which are very elegant. Mm -hmm. Is there foie gras involved? Uh, there could be okay. if you ask for it. Okay, so then I'll put the duck dish against your roast beef poor boy. All right. Okay, so which one are you going to take? You can only have one. You can only have one. I mean, wait, I'm sorry, I must have missed something. What you was... can only have one of these two dishes. Okay. Okay. Uh huh. The pinnacle of the roast beef sandwich, yeah. or okay, you want the Andrea duck dish? The Andrea duck dish, it is very good. Yeah. Okay, so which one do you want? You can have of only the, one of those two. Yeah. I'll, I'll do Andrea's. I haven't been there in a while, anyway. I think I think he's not. I, I think you're fibbing, Tom. Hmm? I think you're fibbing. I think you would go for the roast beef. I do. Wait a minute. <laughs> I do. Five five six nine six. This would be a fun little exercise today, if you have your choice of the most gourmet thing that you have eaten and Ever the eaten most no no I'm, oh, okay. I'm posing this to the the callers and listeners okay uh -huh. if you yeah. could choose from the most gourmet thing you have ever eaten in your life and the most down the best version of the most down home thing that you eat often, what would that be which one would you pick if you could only do one mm -hmm. you have to choose between one I think uh, these are a few of my favorite things. Is it? No, I'm just saying we need that little music back there. These are a few of my favorite things. I don't even know what my favorite gourmet food would be. I mean, I've had a lot of gourmet food and I've loved it. I can't deny that I that I you know, I I do. I love it. It's it's really wonderful. And then I I get something that's just flat out delicious and I'd always rather that. You were talking about impostados earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Impostados is definitely not low down poor boy no. or hot dog. Either way. It's not that. 
but it's just flat out delicious. Mm -hmm. So if I had the choice between something just flat out delicious like that, something ultra gourmet and delicious, I would almost certainly go for the empastadas. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes sense. I mean, it's it's that food that he there you puts go. That's it. That's the great word for it. You talk about Pat Gallagher and his lusty food. He's I another think, one. I think that's true. I think that's true. Oh, good. Well, I, that I makes can't really us. hear it. Can you tell? Is there a caller on the line? No. Okay. Uh, the way you have that situated, I can't really sorry hear that. It sounds like he's it's, talking to you, though. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Here we are talking, and there's somebody we want to talk to, and we're. Hello. Well, who? Who? who is there a caller? Sorry about the Henry, is there a caller? I was playing a few of my favorite things in the background there. Oh, hey, hey, congratulations for that. Absolutely. We were, for what? We were singing it yesterday. Wait, what? I was uh, playing. Give them a little taste of it and I'll join you. Sure. Yeah, can you start bites, some of it? When the bee stings, there you go. feeling sad. <laughs> I simply remember my favorite things. Favorite and then I won't feel so bad. Wonderful. Henry is channeling Wonderful. Doug from the old station. He is. Jacqueline Thank you, Henry. Doug. That's really good. I appreciate that. Uh, yes, we were just talking about favorite things to eat, some of your favorite things. Mm. And I would say that I would put up a hot dog that is very well done, like something along the lines of a dat dog, uh -huh. properly dressed with the best of things to eat. Also, there are people who would say this, uh, some of your words to eat by today, man cannot live by bread alone, he must have peanut butter. Yeah. I don't know where that came from, but it was a line that I used way, way back in 1970, no. I, don't I, say 1906. I, uh, I just, I can't, I can never get that straight. But the, it's uh, a quote from Brother Dave Gardner, a country comedian who was born today in 1926. Oh, he was funny. Kind of, kind of a country. I don't even style. know who that is. Yeah, I don't yeah. know who that is. He's a and, country, country kind of guy. Yeah, there are people who would say that the peanut butter and jelly sandwich <clears throat> is the best thing in the whole world. Well, I, you're not going to go over there and tell them that they're wrong. No, I mean, uh, no. It's 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 just what you like. It's yeah. absolutely just what you like. But sure. I I I noticed that you are complaining about some of the subjects that we have lately, including the hot dog today, mm -hmm. and I forget what I was talking. No, the jo the de the jelly donut from the other day. You have today in your almanac a a food invention. Carl von Linde was born today in 1842. He invented yep. mechanical refrigeration an idea that tremendously altered the way food is preserved, purchased, shipped, and stored. In the early days, the refrigerant was, oddly enough, steam. Then ammonia, which was great for manufacturing ice, but too hazardous for the home. Uh, and the benefits of refrigeration were so great that its widespread use was inevitable. Now it's hard to imagine getting along without it, although some relics of the pre-refrigerated epoch remain, salted fish, duck confit, clarified butter, and sun-dried fruits all remind us that we do not always just open the refrigerator and throw the perishables inside. Can you imagine that? Uh, I was talking to Mary Lee about the times we are living in, and I said, you know, you could be living in medieval times where mm -hmm. the food that you ate was, I mean, spices kind of came into being to disguise 
the over-the-hill quality of most of the things that people were eating. Do you remember that? I, I don't I mean, you remember don't, you, exactly, but I know. You weren't around in medieval I, times, obviously, but I know you I, know that. I know. Uh, I got the feeling of what you're you're talking about, but yeah, I mean, meat was was salt cured, and it just sort of it, it just sort of was dried out in an effort to preserve it, and then spices came in with these big big banquets back in the medieval times, and the uh, the spices that we know today that started back then, you know, the, the spice route and all that, were brought in in order to disguise rancid food taste, which is kind of gross. And certainly not appetizing for a food show. Phone number is 556-9696. If you would like to chat with us, we have no guests today. So we are just uh, sitting here shooting the breeze. The Vintage Tom for the day is a place called, I haven't even heard of this, Little Pete's. And we're going to throw that that into the mix a little bit later. But right now we have to take a little break and we'll be back right after these messages. Downtown Covington is home to the English Tea Room, 20 years now. Think Scottish eggs for breakfast, high tea in a truly British setting, scones just like you'd find in Britain. If you can't visit them in Covington, see their tea menu online and order specially blended tea shipped out the next day. But you should visit. Think about a birthday party or a bridal shower there or a high tea. Gift cards are $20 off with a purchase of $100 or $10 with a $50 purchase. The English Tea Room, 734 East Rutland in Covington, EnglishTeaRoom.com. I remember the day when someone at the radio station brought me a bottle of Cousin's salad dressing. It was made by a young couple in small batches, and it was delicious. I was proud to have them sponsor my show just as I am now, but the line has expanded since then to include an olive oil, an herb vinaigrette, fresh salsa, and blue cheese, as well as an original Creole tomato, a delicious dressing that also makes a great quick dip. Cousins Salad Dressings, in the produce section at your favorite store, CousinsProducts.com. I've loved the Maple Street Cafe from the first time I walked into the place. Jamil Kutob turns out well-executed dishes that hint of the Mediterranean, but with a real New Orleans spirit. The grilled fish here is particularly excellent, but I have never had anything I didn't love. Call 314-9003 for their daily specials, which are exceptionally good and an exceptional value. Maple Street Cafe, 7623 Maple Street, Uptown. All right. All right. Another essential kitchen appliance was patented today. Robert Robert Hederick. Registered his design for a cast iron stove in 1793. It Mm. wasn't the first stove, of course, but it was the first one to receive an American patent. A cast iron stove? I've never even seen... Oh, no, I do. It's like a pot-bellied stove. Is that what that is? Is a pot-bellied stove the same thing as a cast iron stove? Oh, I know what you're talking about now. It's a big ball-shaped kind of a thing. No, No, I think it's like a... Okay, keep going. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, what I recall being uh, applied to that was uh, meats that have been uh, on the outside and that and get almost uh, crusty and always smoky. Mm-hmm. And it's not a, it's, it's a funny thing. I haven't seen uh, a real one in a long time. I think you have like a little door in it and you have a, a venting pipe that goes up. Actually, there's a lot of cast iron stoves, but um, they, Maybe so. they're definitely harken back to a few centuries past, for sure. You put the wood 
put the wood in like a door and then it goes up. Can you imagine living in the days when this kind of thing was what you cooked on or the days when you put spices on rancid meat? I mean, this is how I'm putting things into perspective right now. I, mm -hmm. I keep thinking kinds of thoughts and it, it keeps me going. Well, you need something. I'm glad to hear you've got one. Yeah. Uh, the Annals of Food Research today, Mary Jane Rathburn, an American zoologist, was born today in 1860. For a long time, she was the world's authority on crustaceans and developed the taxonomy of crabs and their kin. She named many crab species, including the blue crab, enjoyed so much in New Orleans. Isn't the blue crab of New Orleans the same crab as the one uh, off the Chesapeake Bay? Uh, it it in is. In Maryland? It is. Up uh, the East Coast? Up the East Coast. It's the same oysters. It's the same uh, snails. No, I think, wait a minute, they don't have well, snails. Well, those are, those are Atlantic Ocean. Uh, Atlantic Ocean, everything. I mean, they, they those people have just about. Is that everything. the only place where we have the same kind of seafood? Oh no, there's uh, places all over the world where you can get that. No, so so in the United States, I mean, oh. is this is that the only other place in the United States where you have the same kind of seafood? Uh, probably because they're kind exactly. of interchangeable. As a matter of fact, go ahead. No? I'm sorry. No. Uh, it, it, you have so many different kinds of seafood. You know, things like mussel. Oysters, the oysters there are identical, I can tell you that, because I was in a contest uh, in the Northeast. And in I Maryland? Brought, in Maryland, and yeah. I brought my oysters from Louisiana, and I killed them. Oysters au poivre, Tom, that's what we should do with some of those oysters that that's, we have in the refrigerator. That was what I, that's what I wanted. Oysters au poivre, yes, we are going to maybe do some, we bought some oysters over the weekend, and oysters are frighteningly expensive they are that <laughs> they really are that's all over too i i'm i'm aghast when i see i have to start paying more attention when i shop it's like i i just pick up this and i pick up that and then the bill comes up and it's you know 75 dollars and i've got two things in front of me and i go whoa that's pretty pricey and i don't i don't pay enough attention to it but i just bought some stuff at um at Mandeville Seafood, which I know has good prices, but it, the oysters are just crazy expensive. They're thirty some odd dollars for a little. That's a great product, though. What a they little serve. pint, I guess, is what it is, or maybe a half quart. I don't know what it is, but anyway, there's a there's a lot of oysters in it. But we only ate a few the first time around, so we're going to have to make something else with those oysters. I was going to do an oyster for you too, Tom. Well, I always love that. Yes. Anyway, remember Cafe Adelaide? I do. It shut down about two years ago. Yes. They had uh, an event not long ago before they shut down. Um, and they had like a lot of events there, the Swizzle Stick Bar. But I was just reading about Cafe Adelaide and I was wondering if you had a few words to say about it. I know it was kind of a favorite place. It was one of the uh, outposts for the girls that run Commander's Palace, T. Martin and her cousin, Lally Brennan. Was Lally in, in Cafe Adelaide also? Uh, I don't yes. think Lally was. No, she was. She was. She was? According to what you have here, yes, okay. Lally Brennan was part of it. I know you missed Cafe oh, Adelaide. I, huh? I, I remember now. It's uh, it was a, a, the a, a combination of tea and her cousin Lally. Yeah. yeah. And I think there might have been yet another one. No, just well, those two. Okay. And it was named after the <clears throat> the family matriarch Adelaide, right? Was it was Adelaide married to Owen Brennan? 
or was uh, she the mother of of the group? Uh, I don't keep this track. Uh, I think she was. Track. I think she was the mother of the group of all the, the, five or six. The, of them. Uh, she was the daughter of uh, uh, the family that the family that has the Mr. B's. She was the she was the matriarch. She was one of, of the them. whole bunch of them. Commanders was part of that yeah. group. I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she was the matriarch. They have uh, their collection pretty well pulled together. I would say so, yeah. yes. Tom, today is National German Chocolate Cake Day. Mm-hmm. I even like that. Do you like it? Well, the boss came in uh, last night and gave me some... Uh, some uh, uh, cake and uh, ice cream? Cake and ice cream. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't German chocolate cake. No. Why do you refer to me as the boss, Tom? You weren't to whom I was referring. <laughs> oh, the other one, the other Mary. Okay. German chocolate cake is, it's what? Is it coconut in a... You'd see all different ways of making that. It's... Chocolate is most uh, popular, I would No, is the, but the chocolate cake is actually chocolate cake. It's like basic chocolate cake, right? Yeah. And then in the frosting, there's coconut. I want to say, and that's kind of the whole thing. Maybe it's maybe you have what it is here. Let's see. National Cho German Chocolate Cake Day. The the really great local rendition of the dessert may return now that Santa Fe has reopened in a new location on Esplanade Avenue. So you're talking about locally. The original chef served mostly Mexican food, but he's German and he used to make this and other first class German style desserts. I guess the other first class German style dessert that you are referring to is um, black forest. Are Which, they both basic? They're not black. That's the only funny thing I would say about that. But it's it just they're not black. A dark dark color. It, well, they're not chocolate. Well, they're partly chocolate. Okay. So according to uh, the all-knowing, my all-knowing phone, German chocolate cake is um, a layered chocolate cake. It's a coconut pecan frosting, and it owes its name to an English-American chocolate maker named San Samuel German. And so it's not it has nothing to do with German. It's an American creation. He developed a formulation of dark baking chocolate that came to be used in the cake recipe sweet baking chocolate is traditionally used for the chocolate flavor and it's in the actual cake but few recipes call for it today the filling and or topping is a custard made with egg yolks because it looks kind of it, it looks kind of shiny and evaporated milk once the custard is cooked coconut and pecans are stirred in occasionally a chocolate frosting is spread on the sides and piped around the circumference of the cake. Boy, this is getting deep. To hold its filling, maraschino cherry, oh, maraschino cherries maraschino, are occasionally please. added as a garnish. Oh no, here we go. Down the maraschino rabbit hole. <laughs> you I know, never Tom, thought of that. When we, when we took that trip and we argued for four hours about whether you say maraschino or maraschino. Yeah. We both should have taken a note of that, don't you think? Why? <laughs> 
because it set the tone for so many other things. Cabrito, capretto, tomato, tomato. Five five six nine six nine six. We're coming up to the top of the hour now, so we don't really have any time for any phone calls. But we would love to chat with you when we come back from the top of the hour. You also have a cheese here, Tom. Your cheese of the day, which is something new to the almanac. It is. Yeah. Yes. It's How are you doing? Paten de Chavignon, a goat's milk cheese from the tiny town of Chavignon in the Loire Valley. Originally, the cheese was made in balls. Their size and the fact that the rind sometimes turned a light brown gives rise to its name, which also could mean little balls of horse manure. Ah, I'm always happy to locate all of that to make sure I haven't missed it. It doesn't have that strong or mushy a flavor or aroma as that suggests. The, cro- the cotton you will encounter now is more likely to be made in cylindrical shape with a white rind. It looks like a taller, smaller brie. The tiny mushrooms that form the rind turn brown with a hint of greenish blue. A well-aged cotton de Chavignon is delicious with a firm, surprisingly crumbly interior and a very full taste. Don't eat the rind of the rind of an old one. Are you familiar with this? Do you remember this? This cheese, Cotton de Chavignon. Uh, I, I, it rings a bell, but I don't know if I've ever had it before. I love cheeses any way I get them. So you like I, stinky cheeses. I like stinky cheeses, but I also like not so stinky. And uh, every shape and every flavor uh, collection, you know, all of that, it's a, it's a great it's like a it's like a graduating scale of um, of worth maybe if you are eating cheese that you you are snobbish about certain things like you're snobbish about American cheese even I am snobbish about American cheese you are I am who who's giving that a vote I mean well do you oh. like American cheese who you me yeah. Uh, it depends because you can take uh, American cheese and have it be the most uh, empty kind of thing you've ever eaten in your life. But then you have, uh, at one point in World War II, they developed uh, what we now call craft uh, singles. Uh, single. Yeah, that's. <laughs> think of the first word, but that's it. Maybe my thing about American cheese goes back to my third grade year when I had in my little brown paper bag before well actually it was probably we couldn't afford them like a lunchbox but I had a brown paper bag and it was a white bread sandwich with a little schmear of mayo and one slice of American cheese cut in half yeah there are people who love it with a pickle no I was traumatized I had every single day for the entire year in third grade, and it was many, many years before I ever could put American cheese in my mouth again. And I've never been a fan of it. It just seems like a, a sort of a lower down cheese. On the other hand, go ahead, but I, I liked uh, American cheese at only one place, and that's in the deli department, preferably one that was packaged about uh, a year and a half ago. Uh-huh. It's not a great cheese. But there's something about it that you you take a one bite of it, and 
you you kind of don't feel real great about it, but you don't feel bad about it either. <laughs> and so there's something about it that brings forth uh, memories of something. Yeah. Well, what would that for me, be? it would bring back third grade memories, which I didn't like at all. But uh, when you talk about something that was packaged a year and a half ago, Tom, that doesn't seem very desirable at all. No, it doesn't, doesn't. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. We were talking about uh, about American cheese being on the crab meat au gratin yesterday at the Bonton. I felt like I had insulted Debbie, and I even apologized to her by text later in the evening. All right, we are coming up to the top of the hour for the news, and, um, and then we are going to come back and blather on some more about food. I'm actually not finished with our cheese discussion, so we might even carry that over. We'll be back. You are going to listen to the Louisiana Radio Network at 3 o'clock. Anytime, anywhere. Smartphone, tune in radio app, WGSO.com. On the AM dial at 990, we are WGSO New Orleans. DC House Minority Leader from California, Kevin McCarthy, is accusing Democrats of shutting Republicans out of creation of a sweeping bill on police reforms. Despite there being common ground, Speaker Pelosi once again politicized what could have been a moment to lead and show the country we are capable of putting our differences aside when the stakes are this high. The new number of jobless claims last week was 1.5 million. That's according to the Labor Department. Economists had predicted 1.6 million people would be filing first-time unemployment benefits. And presidential candidate Joe Biden is calling on Facebook to crack down on misinformation. In a letter on his website, Biden is urging his supporters to sign a petition for the platform to hold their users accountable. This is USA Radio News. In today's world, violent crime can victimize anyone, anytime. When violent crime confronts you, will you be able to protect yourself and your loved ones? For personal protection training, there's none better than FrontSight, the world's premier firearms training facility near Las Vegas, Nevada. Learn firearm skills from FrontSight's world-class instructors, led by FrontSight's founder and director, Dr. Ignatius Piazza. Whether you're in law enforcement, the military, or a private citizen, after your first firearm training course at FrontSight, you'll leave with skills that surpass 99% of the gun-owning population, guaranteed. And now, you and your family can train at FrontSight free of charge. Yes, free. Go now to FrontSight.com radio to secure a $2,000 four-day defensive handgun course. Absolutely free with no catch. Enter F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com slash radio. Act now before these free courses are all taken. Secure your free four-day course at FrontSight.com slash radio. FrontSight, America's gun training destination. As if trips to the grocery store were not nerve-wracking enough, U.S. shoppers lately have seen the costs of meat, eggs, and even potatoes soar as the coronavirus is disrupting processing plants and distribution networks. Pat Penfield studies supply chain management at Syracuse University. He tells ABC... The coronavirus has caused a major disruption within the food supply chain. We have this unprecedented demand uh, at the grocery stores. Penfield also saying... Producers don't need to offer coupons anymore uh, because, again, people are coming in and buying uh, as much as they want. The Labor Department saying egg prices reached an all-time high of $3 a dozen in late March, but have since fallen back to less than a dollar. The White House says there's a 100% chance that another coronavirus relief package will be signed into law. Speaking on MSNBC, senior advisor to the president, Kevin Hassett, says they're watching the numbers evolve as states reopen their economies. You're listening to USA Radio News. 
Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your dish-authorized retailer now. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, at auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. The Senate Judiciary Committee voted along party lines on Thursday to give Chairman Lindsey Graham authority to issue subpoenas against dozens of Obama and Trump administration officials tied to the Russia investigation. Democrats hotly contested South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham's efforts to gain subpoena power during a debate that carried over from last week when a vote was postponed. Well, we I didn't control the Mueller you, investigation. Right. I assure you we're not going to be deterred. If we have to do it by ourselves, we'll do it by ourselves. But we're going to get questions answered like Senator Cruz asked. I want to know why... Well, nice feel of the air is returning across southeast Louisiana with low humidity, dry air flowing through. It's going to be a gradual drop off the humidity, and you'll notice the difference, especially tonight and early in the morning tomorrow. 70-ish, your upper 60s. Warming up, though, under sunshine, but still not bad with the lower humidity. The highs tomorrow going into the middle 80s. Nice feel again for the mornings Friday and Saturday near 70 or upper 60s. Friday, sunshine, upper 80s. Saturday near 90 with a partly to mostly sunny sky. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Think about everything that you save. You save gas. You save money. You save time. But have you ever thought about saving life? That's right, life. In just one hour, you could save up to three lives, giving three people more time with the ones they love. And isn't that the best thing to save? The need for blood is as universal as it is constant. We're trying to sound elegant in some way. I'm not sure we can pull that off, but we keep trying. It's kind of funny at times, and not always, but uh, never can tell. I think you are uh, upon the edges of the food show, something we talk about every day. As a matter of fact, we talk about ourselves. Ourselves talk right back about us. And this allows us to sit here in the, uh, uh, let's see, where are we? So, Tom, edges of the food show, can we welcome them in? Wait, what? Let's welcome them in. You said you're allowed, you're sitting on the edges of the food show, but let's get them in here. Okay. Come on in. Five five six nine six nine six. You're listening to Tom and Marianne, and we are just, you know, doing what we usually do—just chattering about food. I do want to say something though. I want to welcome a new to the show. Oh, who is it? And we're going to do it is a live commercial because we love. I'm a big believer in live, yes. live commercial. Yeah. Uh, Crescent City Steakhouse, Tom, one of your fave, fave, faves. I saw it today on my, uh, in my shelf in my river. Yeah, it's one of mm. your favorites. So uh -huh. you do it. You tell us about the Crescent City Steakhouse. But Remember it the days? Back in the 1930s. 34. Mm -hmm. 34. And uh, it was begun because uh, the, uh, it was, the, the family was uh, Croatian. Croatian. And uh, they had connections down uh, Plaquemines Parish, where they got a, a lot of uh, a lot of produce, a lot of meats, kinds of things, and they also apparently had a good sense of uh, how what kind of uh, customers you could 
reap up, if no pun intended, uh, if you had it out there. And they, they did pretty well with it. And they discovered that you could pare down the whole menu uh, such that there are no obvious uh, items on it uh, and the specials of the night. This is what they did. You, you the only thing you, they would really uh, put in front of you are the one great thing that they're good at and then they can sell so that. So it started product. out with just one thing on the menu? One thing on the menu. Really? That's all they wanted to do. And, kidding. Huh. and it worked so well that they just kept on going uh, and doing uh, in recent years, uh, they have moved away from that, and it gets uh, rounder than it used to. Uh, but it's, it's, the idea is still uh, going there, but they have every kind of steak you could imagine. Uh, they're pretty good at it. So I think that they went from, if they had connections in the oyster business, which is really what mostly the Croatians that. were oyster fishers. Yep. So um, if they had some connections with oysters down in Plaquemines Parish, how do they wind up with a steakhouse? Uh, this was something that, that connected with, with them. Every photograph I've ever seen of them shows them holding uh, beef beef, and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and a knife, and it, it's, it makes pretty clear what they're trying to sell you. Now, you always said that this is probably one of the best steaks in the city. I do think so. Uh -huh. uh, it's a, a little bit down market, but it is it's always uh, prime isn't it it's prime beef yeah. a and and that is aged prime beef mm -hmm. by the way and uh once they've accomplished that uh, all the other things kind of fall into place if you've never been to the crescent city steakhouse it is a delightfully quirky place on the corner of um not on the it's not it's like a little bit away from esplanade maybe half a block or so yeah. on broad street 1001 broad street they're it nice, nice people. Exactly the same, I think, since when it started. They haven't changed very much of anything. Uh, it's really good steaks, basic sides for a steakhouse, and experience, for sure. The Crescent City Steakhouse on Mardi Gras is, is a madhouse, two-hour wait. I'm both a, 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 what's the, the instigator and the beneficiary the of that. The beneficiary. Yeah, yeah good. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's yeah. exactly right. Yes. And uh, this got started in the strangest of ways, and it was just me. I was going to uh, Mardi Gras, and I was the only one in the restaurant, period, over and out. It was strange, but I didn't have anybody to hang out with either, so what I did was just go in and have a steak. Yeah. It was very good. The next year, I said, well, let's see, I was here last year, so mm -hmm. let me go try this again. Went there, few people there. Four. It wasn't very many people. You could say it was empty. And I went in there. The food was as great as ever. A couple of places kind of filtered in after it was time. Following year, a lot of people start showing up, you know, maybe 10 or 15 of them. And the next thing, for sure, there are Mardi Gras things going on all over the entire place, including out in the parking lot where they were putting on practically a show unto itself to get you, your pair, your, your, uh, what was the first time you went there, Tom? First time would have been, uh, East. So were you, 70 was this post UNO? I, yeah. Well, UNO, uh, 
is still kind of out there for me. No, UNO was early '70s, so this early is post. 70s, yeah. This is post UNO, like when you started writing you can get about. Away with it. Yeah. When you started writing about food. Yeah. That was when you showed up at the Crescent City. Did you stumble on it like you did the Bonton? The Bonton? No, you stumbled on the Bonton. Did you stumble on the Crescent City, or had you heard about it and you wanted to go there? Uh, I yeah, I was into steak at that time. Oh, I know time. where I know where this is going to go. Is this a Richard Collin thing? No, it isn't, okay. believe it or not. He liked it, though. He, he gave a good review. <laughs> because everything kind of always goes back to Richard Collin. Yeah, well, you know. Or, or enough, Gerard Crochet. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> anyway, the phone number, this is a very long commercial, but we in city, 821-3271. They are open, and you should, if you have not been, you should definitely go and see them. It's, it's an iconic New Orleans place, the Crescent City Steakhouse. Welcome to the food show. Yeah, for them, uh, I always like having them. I know nice you, people. They're very. And, oh uh, my gosh, such nice people. Uh, the the uh, uh, wife of the the guy who started. Klasna. Klasna, you no, know. No, Klasna. Klasna. Nope. But anyway, uh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, just a, a lovely lady. Yes. And uh, who makes tripe for Tom whenever tripes. he comes? Yeah, every year <laughs> she makes some tripe for me. Uh, Menu. It's anyway. not on the menu, and I, I take a bake of it and uh, or and a bite and mm -hmm. a couple other things. Mm -hmm. And but you love it. I do love it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And, and you, if you, you get there share. early, there are a couple of these cookie-like things that they sell if Krasna has time to do it. So uh, there are these great, you know, funny kind of cookies. Good. All right. Oh, you're talking about Crystale? Crystale? No, you're not talking about crustale, are you, Tom? Crustale? Crustale. Oh, those things that yeah. you... Yeah, those are like fried little pieces busy. of dough. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, Tom? Yes? Uh, in, in food and sports today, the pro football punter Tom Ruin was born today yeah. in 1968. His name is that of a town in France famous oh. for the classic pressed duck recipe. Pressed duck? Mm-hmm. Canard hmm? Okay, so do you like pressed duck, Tom? I love pressed duck. Have you ever I'm had pressed duck? Very... Where have you ever had pressed duck? I know, I know you've had it, but um, where have you had it? Me? Was that at Louis the Sixteenth that you had pressed duck? I never did, but I did. Oh, you have never it. had pressed duck? No, you have, haven't you? Wait a minute. Pressed something, duck. Something that's wants me. to jump. Okay. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> pressed duck. Um, uh, Commander's Palace had it. Commander's. Um, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Did you eat it there? Yeah. But With wait, Dick wait, wait. Brennan, probably. Uh, it was, in fact, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, and boy, was that wild. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the one was I was leading Was that a Dick Brennan-Marcel to... Bienvenue dinner? Huh? Was that one of the Dick Brennan-Marcel Bienvenue dinners? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was really good. Do they do they keep a press duck there? Press duck the, machine I, or whatever I, it is? I don't is? know. Yeah, duck presser? The machine is always there. Every time uh -huh. I look at it, it's always there. And... Uh, Call us if it's, you've had pressed duck, five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. Is that, you know, I don't want to even think about it. Uh, Arno's, uh, no. I think Antoine's has Antoine's, a pressed Antoine's, duck that's, that's what I was reaching for. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Antoine's, I think, still has it. Yeah, I've seen it. I just saw it the last time I was there. Yeah. So, pressed duck Yeah, is, disclaim it for us. No, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to explain no? it. But what okay. they do, basically, is they take... They take all of the insides and you press it. And is that what makes the sauce of a pressed duck? No, the what you will get from a, 
uh, European ship in particular is that it's based on blood. No, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. But but do yeah. they take out the insides of the duck and that's what's pressed? Uh, yeah. They don't press the whole duck, right? You take the duck and you cook it someplace else and then you press the insides of it, right? You don't want it going squirting all over and the place. And that makes the sauce, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Better, better think about that. But I'm definitely well, in that I'm category sorry. of people who shouldn't think too much about the food they eat. All right, we're going to take a break and we will be right back after these messages. You are listening to GSO. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. The Pelican Club is one of the best restaurants that has ever been in New Orleans. Now celebrating 30 years, owner Richard Hughes offers a polished and more sophisticated version of all the classic New Orleans dishes with a modern twist like his signature seafood martini and Asian-inspired whole fried fish. This place just feels good to me, and the food is always superb. The Pelican Club, 312 Exchange Place at Bienville, 523-1504. The New Orleans Ice Cream Company offers a true taste of New Orleans in every bite. This is ultra-premium ice cream whose flavors are inspired by everything we love to eat in New Orleans. Twelve specialty flavors like Café au lait and beignets, Bananas Foster, Creole Cream Cheese, Ponchatoula Strawberry, Coffee and Chicory, and Chocolate City. Remember that? Don't miss the po'boy ice cream sandwich, New Orleans ice cream, at stores all around town. See all our products at NewOrleansIceCream.com. We are back here on the Food Show. We have a caller we're going to go to in just a minute. First, let us tell you about GW Fins. GW Fins is also open in the New World second phase, and they remain open for pickup. They have their $39 Fin Feast menu. You can go to their website at gwfins.com and see the Fin Feast menu for today. They are available, all kinds of products are available for you to pick up as well. Don't miss their biscuit mix, which makes the best pancakes ever. Their salty malty ice cream, which is incredibly addictive. They have the compound butter the shrimp that we will now never make barbecued shrimp any other way. There is another compound butter. They have a whole array of butters and glazes and things like that. They also will sell you a, uh, a raw of things like scallops, things that you will see them serve in the restaurant. It's GW Finn's 808 Bienville Street. The phone number there is 581-3467. Go to their website, gwfins.com, to see all of the things that are available for you to pick up or make a reservation and dine on in. Let's go to Alphonse, who is on the phone. Hey, how you doing? I was just, I, hey. I was bring on to you, and I haven't been able to hear Tom Fitzmorris in a long time because I used to listen to... Uh, on the uh, WWL, and that ain't uh, there no more, as they say. Uh, so you're on GSO now, 990, every day in the afternoons, like you used to be, or not? Two to four. Okay, wow, I've been missing him for the longest time, and you, I guess, as well, shouldn't slight you. Um, 
But, no, that's uh, fine. I just I just joined the show a year ago, so I don't know when you stopped listening. But um, well, for, like, but decades, I'm just a like, recent addition to the show. More for, for a long time, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't you the lady that's uh, like uh, walked down the aisle with him? Are you yep, that lady? That's right, the Mrs. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yes, I recognize your voice, and you weren't on all. So you're on all the time now. Yes, we are. We are a co-hosting operation. Right on, right on. And uh, yeah, um, uh, uh, my goodness, I'm old now. I'll forget everything in a second. It's on St. Philip and Broad is where it is. Crescent City. Oh, you mean the Crescent City? Yeah, it's uh, it's like about, about, mm, about it's about six or eight blocks. It's up. Uh, it's like in in between kind of a canal and Esplanade. It's on St. Philip. Okay, well, I'm glad you said that because I just always am looking for it. And it seems like it's really close to Esplanade. So thank you, St. Philip that and Broad. I appreciate that. Neon sign. That iconic neon sign. They do have a great sign, don't they? Yeah, I think so. And uh, the curtain, everything. My fat Domino used to go there, kind of uh, semi-regular. Yeah. Um, the, uh, well, it's now, been around a long time. 1934 or 33 or 32 or something like that. 34, yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, now uh, one other thing. When now you asked him, I never got an answer. When did he start going over there on Mardi Gras when no one was there? We never got an answer out of him. I don't think. Who me? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Mardi Gras. When did you start going on Mardi Gras? I started working on Mardi Gras. Let's see. This would have been in nineteen. Uh, are you are you answering the question when you started working on Mardi Gras? No, he's asking when you went to Crescent City on Mardi Gras. When Crescent City. On, oh, 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 I see. Uh, that would have been, uh, again, it was, uh, I, I was not on the radio station yet at that time. I was on the yeah, other the radio station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, around that, uh, 70s and 80s, I'm just. Yeah, uh, okay, late 70s. That's good enough. It yeah, could be. <laughs> Don't forget, he no. talks this. I didn't think math would be involved today. Yeah, <laughs> math uh, gets me in the between the eyes of these uh, days. I'm, I'm an old too, guy, buddy. so he, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alphonse, how long have you been uh, listening to Tom on the radio? He gets, I guess, uh, when uh, when did he come on the radio? In the mid '80s or something like that? I can, uh, I don't remember. Nineteen eighty-nine. So since the yeah, nineteen eighty-eight. Since since the beginning. I went to college in Lafayette, and I came back around uh, the mid. I came back here since and during the World's Fair. Yeah, that's when I finished up at USL. Okay, well, that's a good place. Uh, it was okay to me. Well, I'm glad you found us. How'd you find it? Uh, uh, he fumbling through the dial, and uh, and then I recognized him. I said, "Wait, I mean, because I can't find him." I said, "Why is he on it?" And they have all this. Uh, you got to stream it and all that. And I'm an old guy, so I don't fool with anything. I'm very. I know. <laughs> well, are you? Do you ever go to nomenu.com because the podcast they are on the front of it, and we had a big no, email blast. A number when years we, ago, we've been on for six weeks. Okay. But he used to get for six weeks and we or something. And then he resurrected some food numbers. Is that what you're talking about? Well, yeah, we uh, we announced it on nomenu.com and uh, we've been on for six weeks. So this is our sixth week. Yes, ma'am. Anyway, glad you found us. I'm about anything. I don't do it. I put a dot on the end of my 
sentences and that's it. When I'm writing. And well, I don't do anything downtown. I'm glad, glad to have you and I uh, appreciate the call. So thank you for per persevering and looking and I'm glad you found us here from you again. Very Terrific. good. Put a smile on my face and a smile on my stomach. Very good. Thank you. Wonderful. That's what we're looking forward to do. Wonderful. All right. All right. Well, nice talking to you. Alphonse, to you sorry, 556-9696, five, five, six, six, six. Tom, it is time for your vintage Tom. Today is Little Pete's. Do you actually remember this place? Little Pete's, you, you look like you have a recollection of it. Little Pete's? Yeah, no. Little Pete's. Little Pete's was in the uh, St. Claude corridor. And you... <laughs> you Little Pete's. Little Pete's, yes. To give you a little hint of where it is, the neighborhoods, this side of the Industrial Canal through which St. Claude Avenue runs, are deteriorating and have been for years. Physically, nothing has changed at all, although recently old gas stations like Janssen's, I've never even heard of that, have boarded up and a McDonald's had been established at Franklin. These are signs of impending progress. There aren't many restaurants, never were really, and all of them, with the exception of Mandich's, which was in your first issue of Menu. Where was Mandich's? Mandich's was on St. Uh, Charles. No, St. Claude. St. Claude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was about two or three blocks from uh, Elysian. And uh, it was an interesting restaurant. First of all, it's the very first one in the New Orleans I know. Menu. It says Menu number one. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, uh, it was uh, tightly part of the... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's uh, the neighborhood. The, the neighborhood, not so much. It was nice people, totally nice people. And, uh, not well, they turned up not long ago in Slidell briefly. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I do. I do. Well, it was the same guy, but that's not uh, didn't play like that. The deal uh, was what made them interesting is that they would um, uh, get in with the people who are in the industry. Uh, along the dock, and there's for that, and it's an obvious one. So dock some, workers, dock workers, as well the companies that uh, bring in all, uh -huh. uh, all kinds of stuff. Those people start their work at about midnight and one in the morning. Ah, okay. And so they weren't going to also be there at uh, four in the afternoon. So all of their customers, well, not maybe not all of them, but a lot of them would go to. Uh, Mandich. Mandich. And uh, they would, the kind of food that people who were at the dock a lot. But these were, by the way, uh, jacket and tie kind of guys. These, That's were, like a whole world that you talk about every now and then. And I yeah. imagine what it was like. And I can't imagine what it was like because it's so foreign to everything that I know. But why were jacket and tie people wandering around in restaurants at two o'clock in the morning well it wasn't at two the dock they would they wouldn't be eating until much later at uh, it, getting towards dinner time oh i see yeah uh, it's it if you just you know move everything over a little bit because you just, talked about that with the bond too you said that the bond time the bond time started out a, serving those people that were in the port business uh -huh. yep and uh there was one other one a cafe spisa Mm. Cafe Spiza has come and gone more than just about any it's, restaurant I can think of. Yeah, it's a it's a great looking restaurant. It really is a good looking restaurant. Yeah. I th I think it's on right now. All right, so um, Mandich, 
you liked Mandich a lot, didn't you? Oh, I always did think so. Yeah. And when did they depart? Who? When did they depart? Because Who? I never did set foot in Mandich, and I've been yeah. around with you since 1988. It was one of those restaurants. So it had to be gone before that. Where you uh, you call them up and uh, you uh, uh, and you ask a question uh, of that kind, and it gets kind of shunted off to the to the right. It was. Uh, so, it, it, it was the kind of thing, if you weren't in the business, you wouldn't have understood what was going on. So I think that Mandich made it to my arrival in your life. So I think it was around in the 80s. But I don't think much past that. So I don't know. This was the 70s. So... Was it there for a long time before you discovered it? And how did you wind up discovering people, a place on St. Claude? Mainly Was it Mainly because people uh, would, would tell me about these things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Especially if they were offbeat and interesting and good. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's that's the deal. Anyway, you have in here that man is in menu number one. Exception Second of art mandages. Yeah. What was out there in that area were cheap sandwich and short order places. And then you put in parentheses with sort of a, um, a sniff. It's significant that in this entire 70117 zip code, there isn't a single menu subscriber. Yeah, I don't know what that means, Tom, but it obviously meant something to you. What's good about this bleak scene is that the restaurants are untouched, old school spots. When they're gone, you'll never see the likes of them again. When Martin's Poor Boy Restaurant, the greatest of them all, died a couple of years ago, that left us with just one living relic, Little Pete's. Do you even remember this place, Little Pete's? I don't, re I don't remember Little Pete's unless it's the, there was a restaurant that was pretty classy and it was right before you got to the industrial canal mm -hmm. and it was on the on the lakeside uh, well this is another one of those things where i don't okay. really i can't help you because this predates me and i have no idea what this place would be but we might get to it by going through your vintage tom if anyone has any recollection of a place called vintage pete's not vintage pete's little pete's it, <laughs> it was, is the subject of Tom's vintage piece today. It was the second place where I ate raw oysters. Oh, you know, I remember oh, that. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that that makes it a little bit more interesting. All right. We are going to go to the bottom of the hour news. It is three thirty, and after that, we'll come back and talk some more. Louisiana Radio Network News, I'm Kevin Barnhart. The Louisiana Department of Health is reminding the public to catch up on the routine vaccinations that may have gone to the wayside due to the shelter-in-place order and closure of many medical offices. For those that may be uneasy about entering a doctor's office, State Immunization Director Dr. Frank Welch says most facilities have changed up the experience with spread mitigation efforts. They will do frequent environmental cleaning. Your health care providers will be wearing a mask, so they're going to do everything they can to minimize the spread of COVID-19. 2020 dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico is projected to be four times larger this year than what a task force established in 2001. Fertilizer from Midwest agriculture washes down the Mississippi River, exiting at the mouth, forming an area of low oxygen and high nitrogen. LSU marine science professor Nancy Rabelais says the nitrogen loads have remained steady since 1980. Especially with higher rainfall in the Midwest, 
over several of those years. That just means more of the nutrients are getting into the Gulf of Mexico. LRN. This is Secretary of State Kyle Ardwin. In an effort to protect those most vulnerable to the pandemic, we have added a few temporary COVID-19 related reasons for requesting an absentee ballot. For more information, head to govote.com. That's G-E-A-U-X, vote. As a reminder, when requesting an absentee ballot, please know it's a felony to provide a false statement to an election official, a measure to maintain our safe, secure, and fair elections. Help Dad make time for what really matters with battery power made by steel. Right now, save $40 when you buy select battery-powered tools with two batteries and a charger. Shop online at steelusa.com slash gift guide. Pick up at over 9,000 local steel dealers. Offer valid for a limited time at participating dealers while supplies last. Not available in all markets. See dealer for details. Annadell's Plantation is a stately bed and breakfast with beautiful grounds and two gorgeous rooms upstairs. It's a great getaway. The food here is that familiar Louisiana cooking inspired by Galatoire's with reasonable prices. A welcoming and cozy dining room and very special bar make this a hidden gem. Annadell's Plantation, 71518 Chestnut Street, Covington, 985-809-7669. Annadell's has the most adorable promotion going on right now. They do? Yeah, it's been a terribly rough year for 2020 graduates. It's an unfortunate time, kind of like the Katrina graduates. They just had a messed up year. So these 2020 graduates have not had the easiest time for their senior year. And so Annadell is offering a lovely promotion if you can show proof that you are a 2020 graduate, you can receive a $25 gift certificate to Annadell's Plantation. So far. I love it, isn't it? Isn't uh -huh. that really nice? That's sure. a really nice gesture. Anyway, it is in Covington, so you would have to, uh, if you're in the South Shore, make a trip across the lake, but I guarantee it's well worth it. It's a very nice place. It is um, a bed and breakfast basically, but it's got a small, charming dining room, a great Italian chef in the kitchen. It's definitely worth your while. And uh, you can redeem the $25 gift, gift card right there or make reservations for later when your family wants to celebrate with you. Graduate and congratulations for that. Graduate of 2020, the class of 2020. All right, so back to Little Pete's. Little Pete's. Little Pete's, yes. Um, it's two blocks. It was two blocks from the canal and the essence of the ninth ward. So you don't really. You still, that's not ringing any bell, huh? The sign on the door said, "You must be properly dressed to be served. All shirts must have sleeves." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that tells you something about the yeah, ninth ward. Apparently, it? apparently, but you don't have any idea. It's not ringing a bell at all. Little Pete's is very noisy. They said so. Even back then, that was bugging you. There's a jukebox near the door to open your ears, followed by a constantly used flipper machine and a payphone forever equipped with a loud mouth. <laughs> Tom, That's about right. did you go to this place more than once? Because I can't picture uh, you there. Just uh, three or four times. 
you did actually go there. So you, you do have a recollection of it then? I do. Uh, it, you, you probably heard my story about telling you that, uh, that the uh, oysters, when, the places to buy, get raw oysters, yeah. you have uh -huh. Acme, of course, is yeah. one. Mm -hmm. And then there was the next Little one. Little Pete's. Little Pete's. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so you had raw oysters at Pete's. And every bar? Was it more like a bar? It was kind of jammed up, actually, but mm -hmm. uh, it was a, a nice looking place. It had a neighborhood kind of feeling. It was a neighborhood it. joint. It was a neighborhood joint, but mm -hmm. their oysters were very, very good. very good. Yeah. Well, you there's it says here in the little section that you carve out for um, for the menu and a couple other things about it, you know, the rating and all that. It was a seven out of ten reliability, mm -hmm. seven out of ten. No credit cards. Uh, you have here dress as casual as possible. I guess. Well, yeah. I guess if you have to specify that a shirt should have sleeves, it's pretty casual dress. Anyway, um, a sandwich, a potato sandwich, was a dollar. Well, yeah, you can't beat that. That's a steal. Are, are these potato sandwiches like the Martin's Poor Boy? It was fried potatoes, right? Yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. Was it fried potatoes and then dressed like if you had a meat on the on the Poor Boy? I mean, how was a fried potato Poor Boy given to someone? It was fried potatoes and did it have condiments and dressings like if you had meat? Yeah, this wasn't a fancy restaurant. It was a neighborhood. No, I'm talking about the Potato Poor Boy the because the, the original boy. Poor Boy was potatoes uh -huh. for the poor streetcar workers who were on strike. So was it just potatoes and bread, or was it dressed like a oh, poor no, boy? Oh, no, gravy. Would gravy was the crit. Oh, That's okay. the one that made the difference. I see. Yeah. So was it a roast beef gravy on a potato poor boy? Was that what it Wait, was? Wait, I'm sorry. I was hearing somebody talk in this Is speaker. there a caller? Is there a caller? Uh, in a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go to the caller. Oh, okay. I'd rather have a caller than just blathering on you and me. So, who is the caller, Tom? We'll find out in a moment. Michael, welcome. Come on in. Well, Michael, hi, you guys. there? Michael from California. It's Michael from California. Oh, hey, how Michael. How are you? <laughs> what do you know? Doing fine. Doing fine. Just uh, you know, I, I hear uh, I hear stories of the Crescent City Steakhouse, and I gotta call in. Yeah, good for you. Thank you. <laughs> I was thinking about you yeah, last well, night. Was that right? I saw something what about surfers, on? and I was I oh, was yeah. wondering how your surfing's going. Pretty well, pretty well. Except I almost I think I well I may have broken it, but I'm not sure. I, I, I'm kind of just playing with it now. I may have broken a finger there the other day, but you know it's it goes with the territory. Yeah, I guess. So so you called because you heard us say what? Oh, talking about Crescent City Steakhouse. Oh, okay, yes. Yes, go ahead. Michael has <laughs> been with us at Crescent City Steakhouse on several occasions for Mardi Gras. It's you know, weird, right. huh? You know, it's just one of, the, one of the most fantastic places. I love it. And just uh, the steaks are high quality. The, the service is great. The drinks are nice. Just a fantastic, fantastic spot. And, and especially the, the, the tripe on uh, Mardi Gras Day is, <laughs> is unparalleled. Yeah. <laughs> you can only eat the tripe if you're sitting at Tom's table. That's they, right. People know That's that. Right. Exactly. Now I've asked for it outside of Mardi Gras and outside of Tom's table, and it never happened. So. 
I think she just makes it that one day. <laughs> she does. Yeah, it's just that yeah. one day. Yeah. 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 She's so I'm cute. Sure. When are you coming sure. again? Oh, she are was you... cute, yeah. Oh, she's still around, so. Oh, we're, once once things chill out, I'm actually, I'm just kind of sitting back. You know, we're starting to open up again out here, um, kind of one toe in um, and, and, and trying to see how things pan out. So I'm, I'm just kind of hanging back and watching to see how things go. Um, I'm probably not going to dine in a restaurant or have a drink in a, in a bar until like the 1st of July, which will be here before we know it. But uh, I just kind of want to see the impact of Memorial Day out here and, uh, and, and the protests that we're having and all that kind of fun stuff. I just kind of want to see where that goes before I kind of set foot back in the real world. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, the real world is not what we left a few months ago, that's for sure. But you all have that's been able to pick up and, and get delivery all this time, right? You haven't been totally shut down, have you? Oh yeah, absolutely. No, we 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 are cooking a lot, um, but we uh, on the weekends, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, make a point of 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 kind of making the rounds to our clients and friends and and uh, getting their wonderful takeout options that they're coming up with, um, which range from a uh, you know meal kits that you kind of take home and grill yourself or cook yourself to you know uh, fully you know, fully uh, uh, realized uh, uh, meal, you know, that, uh, that they're wonderful too. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're kind of, you know, playing around with that still. Uh, but I'm going to hang back for, for a couple more weeks just to see what the, what the stats bear out, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, it's uh, one thing I've discovered about being in lockdown was that my inner recluse has come out. You're a mm-hmm. recluse? You're a La Cruz. No, I'm a. Uh, I, I've decided that uh, I, I am more reclusive than I ever imagined. Hmm. Yeah, you have me yeah, fooled me too. too. I, yeah, yeah, I've been quite satisfied just hanging around in lockdown. I have to say, I get my food brought in. Yeah, I, I go out occasionally to the store. That that works. Yeah, it's it's. I'm I'm comfortable with it now. You know, uh, it was, it was trying at first but now uh you know now it's just part of life and you know everything else goes pretty normally like well, you like you've been about, out I'm though surfing. every day don't you still surf every morning at 6 a.m every morning 5 5 a.m now um oh, yes so every every morning still getting out there we all keep our distance nobody's touching or hugging or shaking hands or anything like that um and uh you know we're out in the water so nobody yeah nobody's more than yeah. 10 feet well so you you've not there. really been uh, I mean you've been in lockdown but other than surfing but you have been out every day surfing so you know that's uh, yeah so you're not quite that reclusive for sure I mean but surfing is kind of its no. own animal it just sort of calls to you and you have to listen to its siren call right that's correct absolutely right absolutely right and it's you know I've got friends in New York uh, you know, who are in Manhattan and, and Brooklyn who are literally locked down. Like they cannot leave their homes just because of the density and, and uh, uh, it's just more dangerous for them to get out. We've, you know, we've got a little bit more room out here to, 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 to breathe. They don't. And so that's got to be pretty trying, I can imagine. Well, it's been a long time. It's kind of a way of life now, although I, it's, I, you know, not, not a good one. But anyway, so... You yeah. you don't you have no plans to come anytime soon here. No, unfortunately, but we you know, we were 
we were looking to possibly, I mean, if, if things, you know, go according to plan, I'd love to be there sometime during the holidays to see, to see, cause that, that city dressed up is just absolutely, absolutely stunning during the holidays. So I'd love to, uh, love to come out there for that. Um, at, at the very least, if they, like I said, if things hold, hold constant. So Michael folks our California, not expat at all. He's just a friend of the show. Who? How did you discover the show again? You told me once, but but just for people who yeah, are scratching very, their heads, very, wondering how this surfer dude out in L.A. and he's not a surfer dude, by the way. He just happens to surf in the morning and then go home, shower, and go to put put his suit on and get to work. But anyway, go ahead. So how did how did you discover yeah. the show? Oh gosh, what a crazy long story. Well, I had um, I, I had been watching the series Treme, uh, and I had discovered that the Times Pick had done a um, a series for every episode. They broke down the restaurants and bars and locations that were featured prominently within that episode. Uh, and so I was following along, watching the show, and reading the the Times Pick. Um, I can't remember what they called it, but it was it was a step by step of where so and so character walks into this restaurant to have a meal. So I literally wrote down every single spot that uh, was featured in in the in the show for five years, um, and and uh, all the different bars and and locations and whatnot that you know just sort of put together a um, kind of a travel guide for myself, an insider guide. Um, and one of the comments in there was a comment about Tom having the longest running radio food show in American history. And I said, well, hell, that's, that's right up my street. How do I, how do I find this guy? So um, I looked him up, found him on uh, you know, uh, WWL, and found that I could stream it out here. And as I was listening to his voice, I said, God, this guy sounds so familiar. Where have I heard him before, seen him before? And I had actually seen the Bourdain episode that uh, uh, Anthony had taken, gone around town with Tom, put kind of post-Katrina and gone to Antoine's on an off day and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and I had, uh, I knew, I'm like, I knew that, I knew that voice, I knew that voice. So anyway, that's how I found this, the, uh, the, um, the show. And then I reached Good out show, to yeah. y'all and and, and, just, and just said, hey, I'm you know I'm out here, I'm loving the show, and and uh, and then you and I became friends. So that's kind of the the long and the short of it, but kind of a weird way around. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for uh, pressing us on that, which I re which you really yeah. have done, because uh, this is a, a whole bill yeah. world, and it gets thrown into little funny places sometimes. So uh, it does. Uh, and sure you know, uh, well, it's yeah. Yeah, write that one down and see if you can think of somebody to kill with it. Um, usually, we have uh, we have the, the the growing list of expats that call in, but um, you, I think, are in your own category, Michael, of someone who just sort of found the show somehow, and that is an interesting uh -huh. way to find it. Are you? Are you? Um, was that your first introduction? to New Orleans, was that your first time here, coming here to eat after the Treme collection of restaurants? Is he there? Can you hear me? Oh, I'm here. Hello. Okay, now I can, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hello, we got you. Um, no, yeah. I, I, okay, good, good. 
I uh, yeah, the first time I had been to New Orleans was actually for New Year's. Uh, New Year's uh, Eve, uh, 1994 to 1995. Um, and I had come into town for, for a couple days, and that was the first time, and that, that, that trip put the hook in me. Um, I had not been back there um, until uh, 2012, I think, uh, was when I brought Anna East out there. Uh, and, okay. uh, you know, it was a completely, completely different experience naturally um but uh but you know the two of us being food oriented it was a must absolute must and, and of course uh, fell in love with the city all over again well if you're into food this is a good place to be anyway michael Without i'm so glad to hear from you we have to we have to move on to some messages that we have to get in before the end of the show but um thank you Please so much do. for calling it's always good to hear from you my my pleasure guys love you so much and, and keep up the good work okay Take care. Thanks. Thank Bye. We'll Friend of again. the show, Michael, out in California. We will be back after these messages. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils, Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. The Pelican Club is one of the best restaurants that has ever been in New Orleans. Now celebrating 30 years, owner Richard Hughes offers a polished and more sophisticated version of all the classic New Orleans dishes with a modern twist like his signature seafood martini and Asian-inspired whole fried fish. This place just feels good to me, and the food is always superb. The Pelican Club, 312 Exchange Place at Bienville, 523-1504. Parish Coffee is a small-batch, handcrafted blend of carefully selected Central and South American beans, skillfully roasted to produce a coffee that is aromatic when you open the bag, robust when it's brewed, and very smooth and mellow when you drink it. This is a coffee that will take you through the day, a gourmet roast without the gourmet price. Pick up a bag where you shop or go to parishcoffee.com and see the full line. Parish Coffee. Hashtag wake up to parish. Parish Coffee available all over town in all the supermarkets. And if you do not see it, look for it because uh, it should be pretty available and pretty easy to see. It is a bright purple bag with a yellow rooster on it. I and, had it today. Uh, Hence the name Wake Up to Parish. And the second time, too. Is that right? Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's Mimi's. Good. It is good. It's really good. It's roasted in small batches, as you say on the commercial, and uh, very carefully selected South American beans from the South, Central and South America. Anyway, uh, it's good breakfast coffee, I hear, from coffee drinkers that I know. So um, we were, want to tell you about Mimi's, which is the best restaurant best that's restaurant ever in been in ever Chalmette, ever yes and uh you love the oysters there oysters oysters uh and uh, other things too they have a steak night tonight is steak night there that's right tonight is steak oh, yeah. night hmm. yes it's like you get to choose from two kinds of steaks i think one is a prime rib and the other filet 
And uh, it's $55. There's a bottle of wine involved. Tonight is a special night out there at Mimi's. It's very well attended, so you will have to check and get a reservation. But Mimi's is in Chalmette, Judge Perez, 712 Judge Perez Drive. Go to Mimi's Bar and Grill. That's with an E out there in Chalmette. Excellent place to go. That's really good stuff. We had the chef really Lincoln done. Owens on. You and stepped out of a dream. You left me motionless. What does that I have said, to do with Mimi's? Because I sung the song with that in mind. What? With, did Lincoln Owens trigger that or Mimi's? Mimi's, I thought this needs... Oh, is, is Mimi's in a... I'm trying to follow yeah, that. It is a song. I see. It, okay. I'm just trying to, I'm just <laughs> trying to figure out how that came up. Well, no, no extra, uh, something or another. Something. Anyway. Okay. Back to, uh, little Pete's your, um, we were talking, we were talking about, uh, gravy and, and potato poor boys. Mm -hmm. So I'm still trying to understand the potato poor boy, which I've yeah. never had. And so you're what you're <laughs> well, I kind of like roast beef and potatoes. You, uh, you do? know, roast beef. Yeah, I do. Yeah, like one of us. like cheese fries. Well, I know we're back to non-gourmet food, but cheese fries with a gravy, like a debris fry, that's pretty good. But anyway, Tom, um, the roast beef poor boy. Yeah. Did it have? It had the gravy. Yeah. It had the potatoes. Yeah. But was it dressed? Did it have lettuce, tomato, and pickle also? Now, all that came later. Okay, so originally really, the, the poor boy. The original one is. The sandwich, the, the potatoes uh, and gravy. The gravy and okay. the potatoes, and the, the potatoes are iffy. Were they so, were they long French fries or were they like home fries? The the circle cutting across. Yeah, on they, the were, potato. they were round. The, the home fries. Okay. Home fries. Home fries. Okay, that explains it. And they were just dropped in oil as, as a regular fried potato. I think so, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that they froed it. Uh, that broke. fried it that it was fried, fried? That, that, oh, I think it probably had to have been I don't fried. Think, I think it did but yeah it, I think it had to that has fried. come up before uh -huh. no. now there's a fried oyster poor boy on this menu for a dollar sixty yeah that's almost free I know but I mean back then it was in the 70s but those prices are kind of cheap even for that time gumbo a dollar forty they had roast beef gravy and rice a half chicken bordelaise was the most expensive thing on the menu. Yeah. Three dollars and forty cents. Did you ever have that there? Mm -hmm, uh, I don't know if I've ever had it there, but I've had the sandwich here and there. Sirloin steak, four dollars, and a seafood platter for three seventy-five. No, I can't beat that. So, when did this place close? Do you have any recollection of that? When's what? When did Little Pete's close? I don't know. It's been a long time since I've been there or seen them. Well, that's kind of an obscure place that probably didn't have a lot of restaurants other than kind of yeah. bar room kind of places. There are bars and there are bar rooms. And it seems like Little Pete's might have been along the lines of a bar room, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mandich, on the other hand, was more of a first-class restaurant, wasn't it? It was pretty classy. It still had a neighborhood feeling to it. It did? Yeah. Well, I'll give you a connection with it. Uh, Mandina's. Yeah. Okay. Mandich and Mandina's. Mandich and Mandina's. Whenever I was typing both of them yeah. in a review or something, yeah. I had to go back and forth to do that because they had essentially the same name just uh, twisted and put in the 
Man Mandinas. Mandinas and Mandich. Uh huh. No connection between the two. Uh huh. They didn't didn't have anything in common. Mm -hmm. But both of them were very good. Yeah. And Mandich, uh, they they had the lady who ran it. Uh, her husband ran the place. Mm -hmm. uh, he. He what? He had. What am I doing? Oh, I see. Uh, what she did was just a really good chef doing kind of neat things. Wait, she was in the kitchen? The wife she was, was in the kitchen? Yeah. Her oh, name really? was Booty or something like that. I can't, <laughs> if, if you remember the lady who was You only got the, a few minutes to call us. Mm -hmm. um, for, for the... Uh, Mandich? Mandich, mm -hmm. if you remember them. Uh, call us and tell us uh, anything you might remember because uh, it's a little obscure. They're, they're not there anymore. I think they listened to the show because I believe they called in one time to say that they had moved to Slidell. In the place on, I guess it's not Gauze, on Highway 11 in Slidell, in that nice oh, new yeah. shopping center that yeah. now houses Pat Gallagher's Slidell location. It's tucked in the corner of that strip mall. That's where Mandich is, or was. Yeah. Mandich was there very briefly. Tried to come back yeah. very briefly, and they had a nice restaurant there. They did. But I don't know why it didn't last. I guess because... Chalmette. I mean, oh, excuse me, not Chalmette. Yeah, Slidell. It's Slidell. Slidell yeah. is murder for restaurants. Yeah. Near as I can tell. And it's, it's interesting because more of the people who moved to the North Shore sooner than we did, which would have been 30 years ago, uh, Slidell was kind of the first bedroom community over here before Covington became what it is and Mandeville. I don't know why that is, but anyway, um, yeah, Slidell doesn't have a lot of great restaurants, but Mandich was there really kind of very briefly. They didn't last yeah. very long, which is too bad because it looked like it was a nice place, nice people. The the, the one uh, that they called Mandich uh, uh -huh. that was in Slidell or, in, or back in the day in the yeah, ninth the, ward. Uh, was it the yeah, ninth ward or the popular. seventh ward? Is seven hundred one one seven the ninth ward? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. And so it was good, and you don't know why it didn't make it. Oh, it did make it on a over for a, a very long time. Long span. It did, but then it went yeah, away, and then, that was it. Then things. Changed. I wonder if Katrina killed it. Do you think Katrina Could killed be. it because it wiped out that area? Uh, that is very likely. Now that you mention it, That's, that it ended with Katrina yeah, when the, everything else down there did. Well, not only did they have deep waters, but they also had a lot of nasty uh, oil that came in there, uh, not too far away from, uh, I forget the name of the, uh -huh. of the big, big old nasty. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I never did make it to Mandich, I don't think, and I do think and it was around, it yeah, I know, I do think <laughs> it was around when I arrived on the scene, but then I don't know how much longer after that it was there, but... Um, Oh, well, you know, there's quite a few of those that fall into mm -hmm. that category. But the family is obviously still around because it's not been that long ago that they were in Slidell. And I wonder if they're planning to come back again. You know, another family that goes and comes like that, and it's like they, it's like they never really find a home as good as the one that was the original one. And that would be mm -hmm. uh, Lama. Lama St. Rock. When they yeah, used to be at St. Yeah. Rock, which is now the St. Rock Market. Right. And then they turned up in Covington, close to Folsom. 
And then they turned up in Mandeville, and now they're on Highway 22 near Impostados with a market and a restaurant. Is that what they've always had, sort of a market and a restaurant, Lama St. Rock? Yeah, that's what it's, a market it's always and been a restaurant. going. Yeah. Even if you go back in ancient history, yeah. you will see that it's still steady. But it might not be to your liking, mm -hmm. but it's uh, they're there doing a daily fresh produce, you know, all of that kind of thing. Yeah, well, they were ahead of their time, really. What Lama Saint Rock? Well, well, you know, it's interesting Saint, to yeah. see. It's interesting to see the Saint Rock that exists now, which is something that could be in Napa Valley. It's a real hipster kind of millennial hangout. Um, but I can't, I don't remember what the old Lama St. Rock was because that predates me in terms of my actual life by many, many years. But um, it, it's, it's wonderful that they've been able to take that old building and turn it into something for the 21st century. And they've done very well with it. It's, it's spawned a couple of other hall kind of places. That's it for us for the day. Uh, please tune in to the Dine, Wine, and Food with Dine, Wine, and Spirits show with Tim McNally after this one. And check us out on Instagram at the New Orleans Menu. Also, New Orleans Menu, nomenu.com. And Emmy, the Story Lady, E M M I E, the Story Lady on Spotify and Anchor. That's it for us. Have a good evening. It's four o'clock. The best place for cutting-edge news and talk about southeastern Louisiana is the John Mason Show. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. on WGSO 990 AM, broadcasting live from the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana. Wednesday, while speaking on Capitol Hill, Mnuchin also said, though he's not opposed to more stimulus funds. I think we're going to seriously look at whether we want to do more direct money to stimulate the economy. But I think this is all, all going to be about getting people back to work, uh, and we look forward to working with the entire Senate.